Welcome to VLHQ. I'm Jenny Belly. And I'm Stella Chu. And this is our weekly podcast breaking down the Don May web novel, Heaven Officials Blessing, written by MXTX. We deep dive a few chapters at a time and discuss themes, cultural backgrounds, and our overall reactions. Spoilers abound and screaming will be had, so you have been warned. And if you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can find unedited recordings and bonus episodes. Or you can follow us for free on Twitter at BLHQ Podcast. And yay, this is our first episode! Woo! <laughs> totally our first time recording ever. We've never recorded ever. <laughs> not not a re-recording ever, yeah. Uh. <laughs> if you are brand new to our podcast, we are actually a year in the future from now. Oh yeah, we are. Jenny and I have decided to re-record our first episode so that it's much more coherent, is better written and Clean. uh, cleaner. Yeah, cleaner yeah. editing. So um, you might find some uh, some back to the chaos on episode two, three, and so on until we finally figure out to create a more scripted format. So please bear with us. It'll be organized again. Just you got to bear with a few episodes. Yeah. So if you really, really like us, please stick around. It's been fun. It's been really yeah. nice. It's kind of like almost an anniversary for us. It it's been a year <laughs> a year from now for you because once you listen um, to all of our episodes you're gonna see just how much we've grown and yeah. how exciting this entire process has been for us yeah like in the beginning we didn't have a patreon we didn't have like comments to read like it's it's really evolved a lot throughout the year and it's uh i don't know it, it touches my heart <laughs> yeah it's like my favorite thing i love i love it so much yeah so, Should we talk a little bit about how this um, podcast got started at all? Or? So me and Jenny got really close during um, the last few years talking about this like new form of BL like that yeah. I had never heard of and she was introducing me to. Yes. Um, I actually got introduced through another friend. Um, but I was during the pandemic, we read a lot of like BL webtoons and I saw a webtoon for the series called Morazushi. And I was like, oh, what's that? But like the webtoon didn't make that much sense. And in the chapters, in the translation note, they're like, read the book. It's so much better. It'll make more sense. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll read the book. And then I, that became my entire personality for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And for all of you who don't know BL, if like you're completely fresh and you've never heard of BL and you've clicked on this and you have no idea what BL means, mm -hmm. it's boys love. It's another yes. word for yaoi, which is mm -hmm. a word you might be more familiar with. But yeah. now, colloquially, throughout the entire world, we have started to use the word BL for yeah. boys' love. It's much more international. Yeah. And Danmei is basically the Chinese term for BL. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yep. So, and Danmei is referring to Chinese BL that we get from China or like from Taiwan. Specifically. Yes, yes. Um, but we're specifically even more deeper into that. We're into like the cultivation Donmei. <laughs> so yes. we're really drilling into his specifics here. So what is cultivation? I think you had a really good analogy of like comparing it to like Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. So you know how Western fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, everyone mm -hmm. uses wands and spells. Well, Chinese fantasy also uses magic, but in a yes. different way. Instead of using wands, they use swords. Instead of using broomsticks, they still use swords. They still use swords. <laughs> they yeah. fly on their swords. <laughs> Instead of having magic, they use chi. Mm -hmm. So chi is like spiritual energy. It's their source of magic. And not everyone can cultivate chi some people are more likely to be better at it than others um, but it's basically 
this chi is like the spiritual energy that flows through the world, flows through your person, and you can build it up. You can get better at it in order to learn magic. Yeah. The more you train, uh, the stronger you'll become. So it's Dragon Ball rules. If you watch Dragon Ball Z. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, basically. And it's cool because you don't have to get chi just through like martial arts or sword forms. You can also get it from like being really good at poetry, learning music, doing good art. Like you can cultivate your magic through like other forms. Yeah. And this world of cultivation is called wuxia. Mm -hmm. And wuxia has to do with like gods. There's like ghosts. There's like monsters. There's a lot of like um, similar to like Lord of the Rings, how there's like mythical beings. It's very similar to that. Yeah. And it all follows Chinese mythology. So if you're if you want to look deeper into Chinese mythology, it's it's definitely based a lot on nature and ghosts. So people who mm -hmm. die and spirits from the wild, whereas like yeah. Western stuff is like orcs and elves and all these different races. Yeah. And there's like dragons. But we also we also have dragons, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a focus on like reincarnation and like ghosts moving on to their next life form and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's very heavily built on Taoism and Buddhism. That's mm -hmm. like, it's crazy how you have to have so much foundation of knowledge in order to like yeah. understand where Wuxia came from. Like the from. basis of all this comes from. Yeah, whereas yeah. Lord of the Rings is like, oh, well, Lord of the Rings was literally the beginning of all yeah. that kind of yeah. D&D fantasy Now we world. all know what elves and dragons are. Like we all like have that colloquially in our language, but like, um, like, you know, like dragons and chi and like wuxia, that's still kind of new. With cultivation, people will also cultivate to immortality. That's kind of like the goal. And so what happens is all of these people end up being super hot. They're just hot for the rest of their life. They're young forever. Yeah, <laughs> they're young forever. The reason they're trying to cultivate cultivate to immortality is because they want to escape the reincarnation cycle. Because the whole point of like when you die and get reincarnated, you're just born again to a new person, a new level, a new level, a new level. But if you escape that cycle, the only way to do it is to become like to never die, to become immortal. So that's kind of what the whole point of cultivation is. And in, one of the things we also wanted to mention is like heavenly trials that they have to go through mm -hmm. in order to like, like become immortal or to become and yeah. ascend to gods. Yeah. And that's kind of um, specific to this novel specifically, the heaven official blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly trials are like when like lightning comes striking down from like heaven and like you have to go through a tribulation and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you're worthy of becoming an immortal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because in this world, there's heavenly realm, our realm, and then there's like the ghost realm, like where yes. like uh, the dead go. Uh, and yeah. that can go even further into the genre where there's like actual an underworld similar to like yeah. Hades in which people have to cross the river Styx. Yeah, I was gonna say this is very that's that whole three realm thing is very similar to like Greek mythology because you have like the heavens, the middle, and then the lower. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. not all stories have that. This one does have that. And that's also yeah. why we're referencing it. There's a lot of mm -hmm. things specific to this story. What's great is that the authors of different Wuxia novels don't have to follow any rules. They can kind of come up with stuff. Yes, that's the best. Yeah, their whole world building can be just insular to their stories. Like they don't, they have similar elements, but like the world building can be completely different. In this particular book, it's called Heaven's Official Blessing. So Heavenly Official is basically a god, but they're called Heavenly Officials because all these gods have jobs and duties. Like they have responsibilities. That's why they're called officials. So there's like a civil god, a civil official, a martial god, which is a god who is responsible for like, like physical strength and martial arts. There's elemental gods, such as like god of water, the god of wind. Um, so you're going to run into a lot of different categories of gods 
who have different responsibilities, but they are all still in the heavenly official, like God, heavenly realm category. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how they all have jobs. When we think of Greek yeah. gods, we think, oh yeah, they're just chilling and getting drunk and it's like not fair. They do whatever the fuck they want. They can fuck whoever they want, but no. <laughs> yeah, whereas with this book specifically, the gods have a like responsibility and yeah. they have jobs and they get paid for their job and they're they sure always do. stressing out about doing a good job. Yeah, because everyone, when it comes down to it, money is status, money. Money is power. So they want to be the one with the most. So their, their currency in the God world is called merits. And that's basically the money they get from answering prayers or doing good deeds. So the more merits they get, the more stronger they are, because the more believers they have by answering these prayers, the stronger they are. Honestly, it's, it kind of sounds like we're starting a cult. A little bit, a little bit. I know this is a <laughs> lot of background information, but I'd rather say it all now before y'all get confused when we're talking about this story. Yeah, we'll try our best to like explain certain things again because we're we've read this novel like twice now so yeah. in our heads we're like yeah this is like super simple to we already know it everything makes sense everyone knows what merits are yeah and then you guys are probably gonna be like hey, wait um what huh yeah and also not to mention the names of the characters can be very difficult for first-time readers especially because it's chinese yeah. Uh, yeah 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 it's not it's not common even for me as a chinese person a chinese speaker <laughs> i have so much trouble with the chinese names Totally, totally. Um, and the last thing we wanted to mention, because it's like very, very important in the series, is their communication array. So an array is basically a spell. Like, you know how you have like a summoning circle that you like draw? Um, that's basically what an array is. Mm -hmm. And they specifically have communication arrays to talk to each other, like mentally through their minds. Mm -hmm. But it kind of works like Discord. Yeah, I call it Discord. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> when they're talking to heaven, they're talking through Discord. And like, you have the basically, password to the channel they have and the God Discord. Yeah, they have to have passwords. <laughs> they have like public channels and they have private channels. It's literally Discord. Yeah, or like you have to DM somebody like privately. <laughs> but you have to know their password first. Yeah, it's so silly. Um, so those are yeah. the things we wanted to mention first. We don't want to overwhelm you. But first, we want to talk about the setting. Um, so it's, this is not the setting of the series, but it does start off with an explanation of like, um, like a flashback. Yeah, the lore. Yes. The first chapter is like a fable. Um, and, and it's about this country that like existed 800 years ago, and it's called Shanle. And it was known for being like a super wealthy, like affluent, like center of the world kind of country. Um, Think about it like at the peak of the like Roman exactly. Empire or like the Greek yeah, Empire. Yeah. And you there's just like gold yeah. all it's along like the, super extra. the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And they like super worship the gods yeah. and like the religion is like the basis of their Basically, government and yeah. stuff. But you only need to know about this for the first chapter. After that, just imagine yourself in ancient yeah, China. Yeah. <laughs> and our protagonist, his name is Shelion. Um and do we how much do we want to develop into this? Um, we can talk about what he looks like. Okay, go for it. He is super pretty and has long brown <laughs> He's hair. Beautiful. He's so pretty. So um, all of the people in this, uh, in all wuxia novels, have long hair. It goes yeah. down to their waist, like yeah. almost past their butt. Super long, and they're yeah. always perfect, and they always have a bun at the top of their head. So silky, yeah. Yeah, it's like tied up either in a ponytail or it's like a half up, half down. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll have a crown. 
Uh, Shedan himself wears a hat that has a hole in the middle for his, for his little bun. hair, his little, his little hair bun, bun yeah. to come through. Yeah. You've probably seen reference images of of this like bamboo hat that's yeah. literally a triangle with a hole at the top for his bun. Or watch the anime and you'll see what he looks like. Or watch yeah. the anime. And it also he also has a veil, this like very sheer white veil that like um, goes around the brim of the hat and it's to prevent stuff like mosquitoes from hitting your like face shade. as you're like, like walking. Yeah. It's like a shade, but it's also uh, really common to use to like cover your face for yeah. like uh, like identity. Like a face mask. Yeah, it's like a face mask and it's really common in like wuxia where people wear something that covers their face. Yeah. Because Chelion, even though he is like basically the prince of the Shanlo kingdom, he kind of gets into some shit. So he has to like kind of go undercover for a lot of his life. Yeah. yeah. And his um, clothes that he wears is a white robe. So if you want to look up wuxia pictures right now, if you want to look up Xilian, um his clothes is it's it looks very similar to japanese kimono except uh it doesn't fit quite the same and yeah. it's much longer in the sleeves like the sleeves dangle yeah they have wide 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 sleeves mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, bottom of it, a bottom of the robe will flow like a dress rather than straight down yeah. like a kimono does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, their fabrics are extremely flowy. Yes, yes. And uh, he's not always in this because like when we start the story off with our little myth um, from 800 years ago, he's the crown prince. So he's actually like decked out in jewelry, beautiful embroidered, like colorful fabrics. Um, but something happens to him. So like he has to kind of go incognito with his plain white robe and, yeah. and his little veil to cover his face. And the next character we want to introduce is Jun Wu. He's the god emperor mm-hmm. of heaven, which basically makes him the president of heaven. So imagine all of yeah. these gods are answering to him. Yeah, there is a, a bureaucracy in heaven. Yeah, it's like kind of run like a, an office and like he's the head of the office. He's the CEO. Yeah, and it's like, it's a less a government and more like a job because everyone there's like interns there's yep, like there's interns <laughs> there's pages you know yeah. it definitely there's feels stuff, there's a lot there's a secretary yeah, yeah there's a secretary <laughs> so it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a monarchy it's definitely not yeah. a monarchy yeah and the last two characters you want to mention real briefly is Muqing and Function. Muqing is basically Shelion's servant. He's like his his maid um, when he was a prince. Like he took care of um, all his, his valet. Like, his valet. valet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Function, it was his bodyguard and also his childhood friend. Like they grew up together and then he grew up to be a soldier who protected Shelion when he was a prince. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully that's not overwhelming. Let's jump into chapter one, Heaven Officials Blessing. We begin the story with a legend. Amongst the heavens, there is a certain god who is the laughingstock of all three realms. 800 years ago, there was a country called Xianle, and that's the one we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that had vast territories, abundant resources, and happy citizens. His Highness, the Crown Prince of Xianle, however, was a very strange man. The king and queen doted on their son and expected him to become a wise and strong king, but the Crown Prince wasn't interested in any of the power and riches of the throne. Instead, he donned the model, I want to save the common people. The prince began to cultivate and became famous for two things things. The first incident was when he was 17 years old. At the time, the kingdom of Shanle held a magnificent parade to honor the gods. The crown prince was the star of the parade, performing martial arts to honor the heavenly emperor Jin Wu. However, something unexpected happened. 
During the parade's third lap around the city, a young child suddenly fell from the tall city walls. Before the child could hit the ground, the crown prince leapt up and caught him. The common people cheered, but the royal priests were displeased. Every lap around the city represented a year of peace for the kingdom, but the crown prince only managed to do three before the parade was interrupted. Isn't that an ominous sign? That would only mean that there's going to be three years of peace. Exactly. The priests wanted the crown prince to repent and apologize to the gods, but the crown prince smiled and says, "There's no need. Saving people isn't a bad thing. How could the heavens fault me because I did the right thing?" The priests ask, "What if the heavens decided you were in the wrong?" The crown prince replies, "Well, then the heavens will be the ones who are wrong. Why should the people who are right apologize to the ones who are wrong?" And that's totally something that someone immature and naive and has never experienced anything bad would believe. Yeah, he's his his mindset right now is very black and white. His morals are very black and white. And uh yep, he's if very people innocent. are right, then they're right. Doesn't matter about politics or whatever. The priests were speechless, but this was how the crown prince was. He accomplished everything he set his mind to. Everyone loved him and he was always right. The second incident also took place when he was 17. On the Yellow River, there was a bridge called Yinyan Bridge where a famous ghost lived. The ghost would stop travelers who were crossing the bridge and ask three questions: "Where is this? Who am I? What will you do now?" If they answered incorrectly, the ghost would swallow them whole. But no one has ever answered correctly. The Crown Prince heard about this ghost and decided to meet it one night. When the ghost asked, "Where is this?" the Crown Prince replied, "The human realm." But the ghost replied, "This is the abyss." Well, since he already got the question wrong, he might as well fight because he really loves fighting. He loves fighting. He's obsessed. He unsheathed his sword and fought against the ghost for a full day and night until finally the ghost was defeated. The crown prince then planted a tree at the foot of the bridge to help escort the ghost to its next life. A wandering cultivator noticed him and asked, "What are you doing?" The crown prince replied, "His famous eight words, which is body in abyss but heart in paradise. Ah. The cultivator smiled and revealed himself to be the heavenly emperor Junwu. When Junwu returned to heaven, he announced, "This child's future is limitless, impossible to measure." That same night, a heavenly calamity struck the royal palace and the crown prince ascended to become a god. Wow. So our main character just became a god at 17. Yeah. Normally when someone ascends, the heavens shake once. But when the crown prince ascended, the heavens shook 3 times. Ascending to godhood is not an easy task. It requires innate talent, high cultivation, and the right opportunity. People can cultivate for years and still not reach immortality. It was impressive that the crown prince managed to ascend at the age of 17 and he quickly became the darling of the heavens. There was nothing he couldn't accomplish. The king and queen ordered temples to be built all across the country, and the more believers and prayers he had, the more powerful he became. In just a few years, the crown prince reached the peak of his powers, and then three years later, Shan Le descended into chaos. Such an interesting legend this is. I love yes. this.、Uh, notice how it was three years later.、Mm-hmm. Everything that his like advisors said was going to happen happened. Exactly. Due to the king's cruel governing, a rebellion took place, igniting a civil war. However, gods are not allowed to meddle in mortal affairs. But the crown prince told the heavenly emperor, "I want to save the common people." The emperor replied, 
you cannot save everyone. The crown prince insisted that I can. And with that, he descended into the human realm. But no matter what the crown prince did, he couldn't stop the flames of war. And instead, the war got worse. The people suffered and bled until finally a plague swept through the imperial city, ending the war with the rebels' victory. So he lost. It's real sad. Yeah. With the kingdom's defeat, the people realized that the crown prince was not as perfect as they thought. In fact, isn't he just a useless figure who can't accomplish anything? Angry and frustrated after losing their homes and loved ones, the people turned their anger towards the crown prince, pushing down his statues and burning down his temples. For seven days and nights, 8,000 temples burned until there was nothing left. He used to be a martial god of peace and protection, and then he became the god of disaster. If people say you're a god, you're a god. If people say you're shit, you're shit. Whatever the people say, that is what you become, and it has always been like this. So it's kind of like if Jesus was like, yo, look at me, I'm going to save everyone. And then literally caused He's failed. like <laughs> the worst possible calamity of his entire country and destroyed his entire country. And everyone was like, fuck Jesus, fuck that shit. And then like burned all of his statues down. Yeah, fuck you and burned everything. And he was just 20 years old being like, what have I done? I, have, I just oh, tried no. my best. Yeah. <laughs> The crown prince was banished as a punishment. With no cultivation, he was thrown into the human realms. But growing up as a prince, he never experienced the pains and difficulties of a normal life. And this was the first time he experienced starvation, poverty, and filth. It was also the first time that he had stolen, robbed, and cursed, falling into despair. He became so ugly that even his most trusted attendants couldn't accept the change and chose to leave him. His temples used to display his famous phrase, body in abyss, but heart in paradise. If he saw them now, he would smash them to dust. His body is in the abyss. His heart is not in paradise. Dude, that paragraph fucked me up when I was writing it. It was so hard. You guys, you guys are, you guys are not mentally or emotionally prepared for the shit that is coming your way. I'm just letting y'all know this book will crush you. I I hope you're ready. I know that you guys came here to listen to two girls talking about men hugging and kissing, but we're going to wait no maybe 20 it's gonna be a while episodes if not more, uh, absolutely more before anything lewd no. happens before anything remotely kissy happens uh, we we need you to like suffer and cry before we get to any happy feelings yeah it's a slow burn it's a yeah, super slow, slow, slow burn. burn but it's so amazing uh, along the way regardless yeah. of how slow the burn is you're gonna feel it the whole way absolutely and this book is also um very major on like repetition repeating themes repeating imagery so when certain phrases are said over and over again just like keep them in mind because they will come back and bite you in the butt always always bites you in the butt they are Mm -hmm. almost never a good thing (laughs) never good the world moved on without him but then suddenly many years later the crown prince ascended to heaven a second time Never in history has a banished god ever ascended to godhood again. Usually they end up degenerating into a ghost or demon. But right after the crown prince reascended, he charged into heaven, went on a murderous rampage, and then was banished again in less than five minutes. It was the quickest and most violent ascension in history. So while his first ascension was praiseworthy, his second ascension was a joke. 
It's kind of random, right? What is that paragraph about? What? Like, what do you what mean? Happened? He went up and five went back minutes? down in five minutes. <laughs> what is the story behind that? Oh, oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> we're gonna find out soon. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Nothing is good. <laughs> soon? No, not soon, bitch. Friggin' like t- so many episodes later. <laughs> so sad. Everyone expected the crown prince to become a demon after his second banishment, but. Actually, he just adapted to his new life. (laughs) To earn money, he became a street performer, even collecting discarded trash. The gods were all astonished. The once peerless beauty, his royal highness, the crown prince, had become the laughingstock of the three realms. People often cursed his name. His statues were gone. His home country was destroyed. And not a single believer remained. Eventually, he became forgotten by the world until no one knew where he had wandered off to. Many years later, the heavens are disturbed by a loud noise and violent shaking. All the gods rush out of their palaces in alarm and amazement. Who just ascended? The heavens are shaking so much. How incredible. But when they all see who it is, they are speechless and their attitude changes quickly. It's you? You're back? It's that famous weirdo, the laughing stock of the three realms. His Royal Highness, the Crown Prince, he fucking ascended again. Woo! Our boy. Our boy is back a third time (laughs) to godhood. In a way, this first chapter is an oversimplification of the entirety of the plot. Yep, basically. It's a really quick summary of all the terrible things that happens to our fucking main character. And then we're going to really get into it later. We're going to dig so deep, you'll see everything. All the ugly. Yep. And also this previous paragraph where, you know, the heavens are disturbed by a loud noise and this guy just ascends to the heavens is actually the first thing that happens in the anime. It sure is. Like Donghua. So if you guys want to watch it, check it out. It's on Netflix or Crunchyroll. Um, It's Uh dubbed in English and Chinese and I think like everything else too. The English dub is actually really good. Really good. Really good. Oh my God. Like very surprised. Dude, I'm one degree of separation from the voice actor of the English. Yeah. (laughs) We're like dying to have him on the podcast. Someday. We haven't haven't even done a guest on the podcast. We gotta do that soon. (laughs) Not yet. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Let's talk about chapter two, Scrap Collecting Immortals' Third Ascension to Godhood. Oh, quick note here. Um, We are following the chapters of the translated version of the novel before it became published by Seven Seas Entertainment into English. So the chapter count and the chapter number and the chapter names will not be the same as the official published Seven Seas version. Which you guys should definitely go purchase. <laughs> Absolutely. We support that. We've, we've also bought them. But we, when we were writing these notes, it was from the old online translation. Mm. Lingwen greets Xiaolian, congratulations, your royal highness, the crown prince. So yeah, Lingwen is basically the secretary of the heavens. She knows all the day-to-day duties. Like she's an encyclopedia. If you have questions, everyone goes to Lingwen for it. Um, so she's kind of like really helping Shelyon get settled in here and like telling him who everyone is. I like to call her Wikipedia. Basically. Shelyon smiles and asks, why is he being congratulated? Lingwen replies that he is first place on the list of the god most likely to be banished. And for being first place, <laughs> he wins 100 merits. The reason he is in first place is because when he ascended, the shaking was so strong that an ancient clock fell and smashed into a passing heavenly official. On top of that, many people's golden palaces were toppled and new temporary palaces had to be quickly built. Because of all that, Shelian now owes 8,880,000 merits. 
So we're starting off with our main character fucking in debt. Like, so in debt. Like, yeah. 8 million merits? Bruh. He's in debt in the heavens. It's like if you just, like, woke up one day, someone's like, hey, you're a god now, but also you ruined half of heaven and we need yeah. you to pay back all of the damage you just did. And I know that heaven might be a paradise, but we use currency here and you just did some property damage. We don't have insurance. Go pay this off. Yeah, it's like not even his fault. (laughs) That's so unfair because people don't get to choose if they're ascended or not. Like this is like becoming a god has always been a lucky like chance. And he just randomly got ascended to being a god. And because like out of his control... His ascension was so powerful that it shook the entire fucking world and, <laughs> and all these buildings toppled over. Like, how is that his fault? <laughs> it's so funny. Unfortunately, Shelion is flat broke. He doesn't even have a single merit. If it was in the past, he would have simply waved his hand and paid such a grand amount without a single worry. But that was over 800 years ago. Shelion frets about what to do before remembering about the spiritual communication array, which is a mental communication method which sometimes needs password for private messaging, but there's also some public ones where the gods can enter to speak to each other. When Shelion enters the array, he is immediately bombarded by excited voices betting on how long the crown prince will last before he's banished again. So imagine you started a new job and then you joined the Slack channel and everyone's yeah. just talking shit about you. Basically, like literally, <laughs> that's exactly one to one what happened. I'm just like, I wonder how long this guy's gonna get last before he gets fired. Let's take bets. <laughs> Shanion quickly exits their array, feeling flustered. Aren't gods supposed to be dignified and reserved? He finds like a different array and it's much quieter until he hears a voice call out, Your Royal Highness, the Crown Prince has returned again. Shailan doesn't recognize it, but it sounds cold. Shailan replies, uh, That's right. Um, hello, everyone. I returned again. The other heavenly officials criticize him for making such a big commotion when he ascended. Lingwen whispers to him that this is the official that was struck by the clock that fell. Shailan is quite good at apologizing, and he immediately says, Ah, I've heard about the incident with the clock. I'm extremely sorry. Please pardon me. I love that the author put in the description that Shelion is good at apologizing because his personality is that like he just is used to making mistakes and used to apologizing for it immediately. Like he doesn't even have any like strong feelings about it or like pride. He just immediately apologizes. He's like, oh, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to kowtow. I'm a bad boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other heavenly official just snorts in response. Shelion doesn't recognize who he is speaking with and he asks for the other person's name. This causes everyone in the array to fall silent, as if they were all slapped in the face. Ling Wen whispers to him again that the person he's speaking with is General Xuan Zhen, aka Mu Qing. So every god has a title in addition to their normal name. But the thing about Mu Qing is that he used to be the deputy general for Shailion 800 years ago, and now he's a martial god in charge of the southwest with over 7,000 temples and an illustrious reputation. Lingwen is shocked that Shelion didn't recognize him, but Shelion explains that they haven't seen each other in over 500 or 600 years. Yeah, and remember when we mentioned about Muqing earlier in, in like our little glossary description thing? He used to serve Shelion back in the day, and they used to be very close. Literally was his maid. It was basically his maid, his yeah. like valet. Sorry, his valet. Yeah. Um. So valet, it's yeah. crazy that it's kind of like, you're like, oh, didn't you? Like, who do you, who are you? And he's like, I used to be your fucking intern, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you not recognize me? Like, like, and now I'm your superior. Fuck you. Yo, that's, yeah. in, that's insulting. 
Yeah, because now Muching is a god that ha- is has more temples than Shelian mm-hmm. has. Everyone awkwardly waits for someone to break the silence. Shelian and Muching have a complicated history, after all. When Shelian was still the precious crown prince, Muching was a poor citizen of his kingdom with a criminal father. He didn't have the qualifications to go to a prestigious temple to learn cultivation, and instead became an errand boy for the temple. He was in charge of things like sweeping the floors, delivering tea for the crown prince. But Shelian notices his potential and convinced the priests to allow Muqing to train in cultivation. When Shenan ascended to godhood, he appointed Muqing as his general and took him to the heavenly realm. So, like, he did a lot for this guy. Yeah. Raised him up for him. Yeah. Because he was, like, a servant. And then he's like, now nah, you're going to be, like, my second in command. Mm-hmm. But when the kingdom of Shanle fell and Shelian was banished, Muqing did not follow him. On top of that... He never defended him to everyone that spat on his name. He carved his own path far away from the crown prince and his terrible reputation, cultivating like crazy until he could ascend to godhood himself. Their roles have become reversed. Shelion was once god with Muqing beneath him, and then Muqing became god with Shelion banished in the mortal realm. As the awkward silence in the array stretches on, another voice joins in and roars out, Who the fuck dismantled my golden palace? Come out! Everyone stays silent, curious to see how Shelian responds. But Muqing suddenly laughs sarcastically. <laughs> the other official explodes with rage. You were the one who tore it down? Muqing replies, it's not me, dude. The person who destroyed his palace is actually in the communication right now. Why not ask him yourself? At that, Shelian feels embarrassed and speaks up. Uh, it was me. I'm sorry. Lingwen whispers into his ear that this god is named Nan Yang, a.k.a. Feng Xin, the guy we mentioned in the glossary again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feng Xin is rarely in the heavenly realm, usually spending his time in the mortal realm. So this is the first time he's learning that Shelian has reascended. Feng Xin and Shelian also have history. But right now, he is the beloved god of the southeast with nearly 8,000 temples. But 800 years ago, he was the first general of the crown prince's hall. Feng Xin was a devoted and loyal bodyguard of Shelian, 14 years old. He grew up with the crown prince, entered heaven with him, and was banished with him. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to endure with him, and in the end, they fought and separated on bad terms and never saw each other again. <sighs> That's so sad. Uh, He's like best friend. Yeah, we we're learning a lot about these characters, like past history with each other, and it is not good. Everyone has beef. Everyone has tea. Mm. Starting at a new job, only to find out your previous interns. Ex-BFFs. Ex-BFFs that you hung out with all the time still hate your guts. Yeah. And now (laughs) now you have to all work together again. And all the coworkers know the tea. So they're all just like, ooh, what's going to happen? They're just watching it from the sidelines. What's going to happen? Also, he got rehired as like head of janitorial staff. Yeah, he's basically the trash god. My God. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Like he was basically like almost the CEO. Like he was like the president. And then he became like the janitor. Yeah. And I mean, he still works at the company is the thing that like, that's kind of how we're trying to like make analogies for you guys, because like this entire world is very difficult to understand for someone who's never read anything in the wuxia fiction world. And it's very easy to like uh, akin the heavenly world as like an office job or like a a company because the structure is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. This actually would be a really good fanfic. Oh, good. Yeah. Let's just go find a fanfic. Like Shelly is like, 
a CEO and then he becomes like the janitor of the same company and like his old co-workers are just like looking down yep. on him. And they're like sending him to like mm-hmm. the basement being like, there was a really nasty spill and this is not working. So go <laughs> fix it. Yes, yes, yes. So now we're going to move on to chapter three, Grap collecting Immortals' third ascension to godhood. And so the former master and his former two retainers have reunited, but their positions are completely reversed. Everyone is eager to watch how this plays out since there's so much drama and bad history between them. But everyone becomes disappointed when Fenshin suddenly leaves the array without a word. It's because everyone just wants to follow the drama. Dude, they just want the tea. They're just here to like like eat popcorn from the side. Shanlan apologizes to everyone for making such a commotion. Muqing comments, was it indeed all just a coincidence? That clock fell onto Muqing and that Fenshin's palace was the one that was destroyed. It could almost be seen as an act of revenge. However, Shanlan just has really bad luck. If there were a thousand cups of wine with only one poisoned, Shanlan would undoubtedly pick the poisoned cup. Shanlan offers to compensate everyone back as soon as he can. Muqing just leaves without another word, even though it seems like he just wants to berate him more. Shaolian is left wondering how can he get over 8 million merits when Ling Wen suddenly invites him into her palace. Her hall is filled with busy officials carrying large sacks of paperwork, and the walls are covered in scrolls and documents. Because, like, literally, she's like the civil, she's the head civil god, like civil duties god. So, um, her entire palace is just like reports paperwork her filling out files and bureaucracy and like she's just constantly overworked because she's like the only god that yeah sucks that's like the terrible. only main civil god it's crazy she tells him that jin Wu, remember he's the emperor god he personally asked for shelion's help there's been many prayers coming in from the north but jin Wu is too busy to step in so can shelion please take care of it instead shelion accepts this with gratitude even though Jin Wu is phrasing it like Shelion is helping him, it's really obvious that Jin Wu is the one helping Shelion. By answering these prayers, Shelion would be awarded with many merits to pay back his debt. Ling Wen offers to give Shelion some spiritual tools to use for the mission, but Shelion refuses them, saying that when he goes down to the mortal realm, the tools will be useless since he doesn't have any spiritual powers to activate them. So that's an interesting thing that we're going to be talking about as well. Yeah. It's revealed right now that Shedian doesn't have spiritual powers. He's a god. Why doesn't yeah. he have spiritual powers? Yeah. What are, why does everyone else have spiritual powers? Like what kind? And like, he just doesn't have any, like super strange. But as a reader, you literally just have to sit there and accept it. And you desired this explanation, but over time you just realize like, this isn't going to get an explanation, but you're going to find out yeah. and you're not going to like it when you find out. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason that he can use spiritual energy now, because using the communication array requires magic, it requires spiritual energy. And the only reason he can use it in heaven is because the heavens just has it like floating in the air, like kind of like Wi-Fi. Um, and like he can use, he can use that in heaven as if you were like accessing free Wi-Fi. But as soon as you leave heaven and go back to the mortal realm, he doesn't have his own uh, like spiritual energy he has no spiritual energy so that's why he has to borrow it from people yeah it's essentially like if he got a company phone but they didn't give him a sim card like, a data <laughs> or, a card. Card. Or, like he doesn't have any like minutes on it and only people can call into him but he can't like call out or text or use it at all yeah i can't use it at all because there's like no way to have fucking data <laughs> and it's yeah. like guys 
what the fuck? <laughs> like, how can he do his job? He can't. He can't do his job. This is the worst. It's so stupid. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. saying it's stupid as in like it's bad in the story. I'm saying it's stupid. These people are just bullying him, like making his life they worse. They are. They're making him like do all this work with like no like assistance or resources. Mm. Like he's just like, they're like, good luck. Well, bro. Ling Wen <laughs> does suggest that Xian brings some junior officials to help assist him. But Shedan says that no one will be willing to work with him since he's got such a terrible reputation. Still, Lingwen says that she'll try and find someone for him. Shedan doesn't have high expectations, so he leaves her to it and then descends into the mortal realm. That's so sad. So it's like, yeah, the entire time, literally everyone hates his guts. It's stuff for Lingwen. Like, Lingwen is like the only person on his side. Him and her and Jinwoo. Jinwoo is trying to help him out and Ling Wen is trying to help him out. But everyone else like hates this guy. There's like hundreds of gods in heaven. Yeah, it's like, hey, um, the CEO told you that you have like a mission, like a like a job to go on site for. So can you go on site? But by the way, we're not going to give you a car. We're not going to give you a phone and we're not going to send any <laughs> interns with you. You're just going to go by yourself. Yeah. Good luck. But Shellyon's very grateful for the CEO for giving him a job in order to earn money because he has so much debt. He's like, oh, thank God I can I can earn money at least like I can still try to earn money. So he's very like, thank you, CEO, for giving me this job. <laughs> Three days later, Shellyon finds himself in a little tea store by the side of the road on a mountainside. He looks dusty and tired. And that's because after he left the heavenly realm, his sleeve accidentally got caught on a cloud and he tripped somehow rolling down into a completely different region <laughs> how is that possible it took him three days of traveling on foot until he finally reached his planned destination now that he's here he feels immensely moved and relieved shellyon sits at an empty table and orders tea and snacks but suddenly he hears the sound of wailing and drums outside he looks up and sees that a group of people are escorting a red marriage sedan along the road. So in ancient China, as well as like modern China, um, the way that marriages work is that the bride, she gets put on a palanquin or a sedan or like a like a cart in a way um, that doesn't have any mm -hmm. wheels and people are just carrying it. So imagine that you yeah. actually, actually look up pictures and it's completely decked out in red. The bride wears red and she wears a veil and the, the groom also mm -hmm. wears all red. And so she usually yeah. gets carried to the other person's like house um, because yeah. the girl's always being married into uh, the man's house. It's extremely patriarchal yeah. and very sexist. Yeah, yeah. It's like a huge parade. Yeah, and it's usually a huge parade. There's always people like that they hire, like family members that carry the marriage sedan yeah. and then they drop her off at the guy's house. They all have a giant banquet and then they like tell the guy and girl to go into the marriage bedroom and the marriage bedroom, everything is red. Like all their sheets are red. There's like giant yeah. letters that say double happiness and there's like loquats and lagans like and, and, and other like nuts and berries so for them extra. to eat. Um, and then they're uh -huh. supposed to like consummate the marriage. So that's how Chinese marriages happen. Yeah, just, oh, and like because and the bride is wearing like a lot of heavy stuff and like a veil so she can't see or hear or like do anything like she has to have maids like basically helping her and leading her, helping her walk because she can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And she can't even see her husband until like she's allowed to take off her veil in the bed. Yeah, the veil is not like, see-through. The veil is literally no, as thick, thick as velvet. You can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, a wedding procession is filled with joy, but all the people surrounding this bride have faces of grief and dread. It's kind of strange. Shannon watches the crowd of people pass by and is about to take out the scroll that Ling Wen gave him when suddenly he sees a silver butterfly flutter past his eyes. The butterfly is translucent and delicate. 
Jalen can't help but reach out a hand towards it. The butterfly stops on his fingertips for a moment before it flies away. Jalen waves at it in goodbye, and when he turns back to the table, he's surprised to see that there's two new people having joined him. Remember this butterfly. The butterfly's a motif. Ooh. <laughs> it's going to come back. Both of the new people are 18-year-old young men. One is tall with a handsome face but an arrogant gaze, and the other looks delicate and pretty but gives off a cold aura. Shelion asks who they are, and they reply, Nan Feng and Fu Yao. At that moment, Ling Wen reaches out to him in a communication array and says that she sent two junior officials of the middle court to help him to his task. So, um, actually, heaven is divided into two categories. The ones who have ascended on their own, which is the upper court, and the ones who have been appointed as a deputy and brought up to heaven, a.k.a. the middle court. So it's kind of like if you got hired as the VP, but then you were allowed to bring a couple of people um, to like, under you intern. and you can like intern under you or they're just kind of like your lackeys. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. people who are underneath you um, that you got to hire yourself, yeah. so your team. Yeah. And like, so the people in the upper court are the ones who went through a heavenly trial and like were randomly ascended into a- the interview process. <laughs> yeah, like they the heavenly trial is the interview. So they like randomly got ascended into godhood because of like they're they're really powerful or the fates decided that they were a good god or whatever the situation might be. But since they're a god, yeah, they get to pick free interns. And the interns did not get up to heaven from their own marriage. They were literally brought up by the main person. They used to be called the upper court and lower court, but the term lower court was deemed too demeaning and unpleasant, making the people of the lower court sound and feel inferior. So they changed the name to middle court. Really, the only difference between the upper court and middle court officials is the presence of a heavenly trial. The middle court gods are just as powerful and talented as the upper court gods. It's just that they haven't ascended on their own merit. Shailan observes the two junior officials and thanks them for coming to assist him, even though it looks like they were forced to come here and are helping unwillingly. Like they're both basically glaring and just like upset and definitely not yeah. feeling like nice at all. Yeah, I felt that the anime really showed this scene in a really good way because you can just tell from their body language and their like facial expressions that they are like not happy right now. <laughs> So Nan Feng says that he works under Feng Shen. Remember, Feng Shen was his old bodyguard. And Fu Yao says that he works under Mu Qing, which remember, that was his old valet, like his old, his old like servant. So Xiaoyan is shocked to hear that these junior officials are coming from the two people who hate him the most and that they're here to help him. He wonders if Ling Wen somehow tricked them into coming. As they talk, it's obvious that Fu Yao and Nan Feng do not like each other which is unsurprising because their generals, Muqing and Fengxin, also have a long history of being hostile to each other too. Their hatred is so strong that even their worshippers have a rivalry with each other. Well, since they're already here to help, Shelyon pulls out his scroll and explains the mission to them. So the mission is, Many years ago, there was a bride and groom about to marry. But when the bridegroom waited for the procession that would deliver his bride, the sedan never arrived. When he asked the bride's family about it, they replied in shock that the procession had already left their home. Where could the bride have gone? In the end, they searched in all four directions and never found her. People eventually assumed that she just ran away. But then, a few years later, a new couple married, and the same thing happened again. Over and over, a bride would disappear without a trace. Until finally, one day, on a small road, people found the remains of a half-eaten foot. Dun-dun-dun! 
That is the end of the chapter. And so begins the case fic. And yes. that's what we call all of these different missions that happen. Yeah. There's a mystery. Yeah. You're going to find out that Shellyon goes on a lot of different missions throughout the uh, the series. Uh, but they're all kind of connected. Don't worry. They're not just like episodic. They're all very connected. Um, but this is the very first one that he sent on. Yeah, I really like the storytelling of Heavenly Official's Blessing because of the different, like, epi- almost episodic case fix that happen mm-hmm. and the world building that goes around it. And it just shows that, like, the main character isn't necessarily the main character. He is a detective um, cleaning he up is. after all of these, like, mishaps that's happened. Oh, yeah. He just, he's just trying to, like, there's, like, ghosts and demons, like, hurting humans or like bothering humans and he's just there to like help the humans help the common people and like figure it all out but we also are going to learn that all of these case fix are being told specifically because it does impact him in a certain way and none of them are isolated they're related to him things are happening in the background we're so excited to get to talk to him about them soon yeah. Um, yeah. And to review what has happened in this world, we have a crown prince. He was beautiful and lovely. He ascended to godhood and then he tried to save his kingdom from a civil war and a plague, mm-hmm. but everything he did, it just got worse and worse. And it was mostly yep. his adding fault. Fire to, adding flames to the, what's it called? Adding flames adding, to the fire? Adding oil adding to the fire? Oil to the fire. Adding oil to the fire. And then he got banished from heaven. And over a few years, he suddenly went back to heaven and became a yep. god again for five minutes before five fucking he, minutes. he got banished again. And also he went on a murderous rampage. Like what the oh, fuck yeah. happened that he yeah. went on a murderous rampage in heaven? What the hell? Yeah. yeah. And so he then he got kicked out of heaven again. And for 800 years, he just wandered just around chilling. being a scrap collector. Uh-huh. Um, he d- did all these things um, that we are going to find out yeah. about. And then suddenly the story begins Bam. where he comes back to heaven, is ascended as a god again, and nobody is respecting him. Yeah. He has no money. He owes also, so much money to heaven. If you're curious about what you what we mean by scrap collector, literally he goes around and collects garbage and puts it in a giant bag. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. his, that's what he does in his free time. He goes around and collects trash. He's literally a trash god. Yeah, so if you see, like, old grannies collecting trash, you just think of Shelian. That's, that's he, him. He's such an old granny. Oh, my God. Old <laughs> granny vibes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, now he's on a case fic to try and figure out what's happening with these uh, bridegrooms. Yeah, he needs to earn some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's earned some money. There's these two annoying interns around him, and there was a yeah. silver butterfly at some point. The butterfly. It's going to come back, you guys. <laughs> Keep it in mind. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't even mention the main lead uh love interest in this entire first section i i, I didn't realize that we, he's not even never mentioned until like so later but yeah it's crazy which is interesting i wonder if like people who are reading this were because we, we enjoy when suddenly the main love interest is like introduced at like the first chapter but we are already on chapter three yeah usually books are like that books are like here's the main character and here's who they're going to end up with. But this one is, we're just focusing on the main character and his like crazy life right now. Like he's, he's gone through so much and he's still going through so much. Yeah. And this is arguably one of her best books. I I will. Uh, Yeah. yeah. It's extremely popular. It's really good. Extremely popular. It's really good. If this is your first Don May, it's a good one to be your first one because um, I think in relation to the other ones, there are less characters. So it's like, knowing the different characters and like 
their relation to each other is not as confusing as the other stories that have like millions of side characters and millions of different sects that you have to like memorize the different houses of things like it's just kind of like everything is pretty clear-cut in terms of organization of people and mm -hmm. the story is really really well written it's so good i will say that this is like lord of the rings level of epic absolutely there's just it's so much drama and so much like politics and so much like twists and, and like backstory and like angst like you will if you do not cry after reading these novels you're just like a zombie you're like a, a robot <laughs> so now that we've introduced you to the first three chapters of heaven officials blessing um in future episodes that you're going to be listening to from us we do something called um our off topics and you're also going to list hear us mentioning fan fiction and stuff it's where we talk about <laughs> i'm obsessed um fan fiction where we talk about like other fictions out there like other books or other um manhwas other bls it's because like me and jenny are just super in entangled into this yeah. subgenre. I literally cannot sleep if I do not read at least one or two fan fictions a night. Like that, they're my bedtime stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, fan fictions are great. We'll talk about more of them in the future, and you'll get summaries from us and stuff. Uh, but basically, yeah. fan fiction is what it is. It's uh, well. Let me actually let me rephrase. Fan fictions are almost exclusively written by girls who are in school. And they're writing it between <laughs> no. their midterm and their finals. And they're super, <laughs> they're super so sorry that they didn't update the chapters on time. But now they're going to, you know, post the smutty chapter now for you. So <laughs> I'm just amazed by the quality of writing for fan fiction. It, it can be so varied. Like there can be some okay ones. There can be some really amazing ones. But sometimes the amazing ones are so, so deep. They're like, they're like novels. They're mm -hmm. like so, and they have world building. They're so creative and imaginative and so well written. I'm just like, how are you not a published author? Exactly. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And we get to read it for so free. People are amazing. Yeah. And, and, and people come in writing things with their own like different like life experiences. And you just get to <laughs> learn so much about different people and different like different, just different backgrounds of people and like different interests. And I, I, Bro, it's so good. I just love that picture so much. <laughs> um, and it's great. We're going to be talking more about it in the future where you're going to be hearing about mostly yeah, about stay tuned. Heavenly Special Blessing, um, Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, Scum Filling Self-Saving System, and Dumb Husky and His White Cat Scission. Those are four oh, fictions God, that we hug. read yeah. a lot of fan fiction from. And if you don't want to listen to us talk about the fan fiction, you can just stop the podcast once we start saying things like, what's your off topic today? Exactly. And if you want to support us, we absolutely have a Patreon. Um, this Stella and I just started this like as a hobby, a passion project of ours because we're just so into BL. But you know, you know, having a podcast isn't free. Uh, we do have to like pay fees and stuff. So if you want to support us, please go over to our Patreon. We can give you some bonus stuff. Yeah, lots of bonus stuff. Oh man, it's been it's been mm -hmm. great. We really didn't think that the like Patreon was going to go anywhere, and now it I actually know. fully supports the podcast. Like, um, yeah, now it's we're able to run it. Yeah, we even have merchandise for it, y'all. <laughs> Which, like, we sell at conventions. We haven't posted it on the internet. We will in the future once we get more. Yeah, we got to make a storefront. We will. We will. 
Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find our Patreon, BLHQ Podcast. You can find our Twitter, BLHQ Podcast. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere yeah. you listen to podcasts. And if you um, if you really like BL and if you really like Don May um, and you want to tell a friend, like, please share our podcast with your friends. That's like the best way for our, our podcast to grow is through word of mouth. And so if you're obsessed with having a visual blessing and you want your friends to be obsessed with it too, yeah, share the podcast with them. Yeah, we will be following every single chapter, deep diving into it um, so that if you guys want to read the book, this is a great way for you to get a nice little summary of it. Um, Or if you don't want to read the book, then we're here for you too because we're just going to be a whole summary of it. We're literally telling you what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And if you've already read the book, this is also good because we jump deep into the lore. We jump into the history, um, details. Yeah. The details that you Mm might have missed the first time. That definitely happened with me. Like the second or third read through, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't, I can't believe this foreshadowing Mm -hmm. was here this whole time. And so uh, we would like to sign off with a quote. And as Shelleyon said famously, Body in the abyss, but heart in paradise. Oh, those words are going to murder you later. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening, you guys. See you next week. Goodbye. This episode was edited by Stella Chu. The script notes were written by Jenny Belly, and the intro song was composed by official Yee Music.